All right. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of The Towel, a Georgetown basketball podcast presented by Thompson's Towel. Today, I'm joined by Vinny in absence of Armin because our fine co-host Armin is getting his wisdom teeth removed. Um, so he will be under the knife or whatever they use for wisdom teeth. I'm getting that done. So we wish him all the best and uh, look forward to having him back. So uh, we've got a lot to break down. We did, I should note, record um, a podcast uh, shortly after the tough games, but um, it's it, it remained unreleased, um, partially because it was a difficult podcast to record. So, Vinny, how are we feeling? A lot's happened, lots gone on. Yeah, I mean, uh, wow, it's it's been a bit of a roller coaster. So, um, like Bobby said, we did start to talk post Thanksgiving break, breaking down both of those uh, San Diego State and St. Joe's games. Which were, you know, if you Very gave him a watch, a little, a little difficult to talk about. So, yeah, you know, that was tough after a long meal, staying up late yep. and uh, for a West Coast game and, and not performing as well as we wanted. But, you know, then we, we come back and uh, now we're really, what, two weeks later, completely on the opposite stretch. We're on, we're on cloud nine, baby. Yeah, we just beat Syracuse. No, huge one. Let's go. <laughs> huge one. And... Probably preface this a little bit. So, Vinny, Vinny, where were you during the uh, the beautiful event? Yeah. So, full disclosure to our listeners, um, I'm a senior at Georgetown. I've been writing for the towel for two years, but I go to pretty much every Georgetown home game, and I was yeah. unable to attend the Syracuse game this year because I had a final for my analysis of political data class. At 12.30 to 2.30 p.m. And I lobbied my teacher to move the final so that our class would be able to attend the Syracuse game. And we were shut down. And so I'm walking out of my final and I realized, you know what, Bobby? I might have just missed the the greatest game of the season. (laughs) It's tough. It's a tough scene. And Vinny's hardcore and he's not alone. Uh, There's many big fans. But so, all right. Some people may not know, how does kind of like the Georgetown final exam schedule work? Like, what what block was it that missed out on the Syracuse game? Yes. Because I think that's kind of yes. a curious yes. note. So it wasn't it wasn't just my class. Um, Georgetown, the registrar will assign finals based on whatever time slot you normally take your classes in. So for me, this test... That was the 1230 to 230 block on Saturday, December 11th, during the Syracuse game, mm-hmm. was not just for my class, but it was for all classes Tuesday to Thursday, Tuesday and Thursday at 11 a.m. Yeah, so which is an insanely popular class. Exactly. Yeah, Tuesday to Thursdays at 11 a.m. You can imagine that's about as popular as a class time slot as you can get. Um People aren't trying to wake up super early. They're not trying to take classes on Friday. So the Tuesday, Thursday, 11 kind of falls in that wheelhouse of like prime times to take classes. So Vinny's not alone. It was a very, very um, heavy time. I know people in Hoya Blue who weren't able to go. People in Thompson's Tile. So it's brutal. Yeah. And we, of course, don't I don't understand why. There's a, there's a week and a half period. It feels like they could somehow just keep a two-hour window when the basketball game is open. I, I believe our, our chief editor, Jacob, was also... Um also taking a final I, I think he was attempting to write an open letter to the registrar petitioning to uh yep you know <laughs> not have people play during the, not have people take tests during the Syracuse game 
Uh, but I don't think that was super successful. Maybe not in successful. the future. Yeah, maybe in the future. I mean, it is outrageous. Not It'd be one thing. It's not even during the week. It's on a weekend. It's on a Saturday. It's already kind of a little ridiculous to get the finals on a Saturday, but to have it on a Saturday and have it during the Georgetown Hughes game is pure tor- tor- torture. I've heard of teachers that have put up the score live on the whiteboard, which is almost an even crueler and unusual. It was actually worse when yeah. she put up the halftime score. It was like... <laughs> Oh, I'm not even close to done. <laughs> yeah, you know, so all hope of trying to sneak in for the second half went out the window. But Bobby, as someone who is actually at the yes. game, yes, how was the show out from the students? So it was solid. I should also note I had a unique perspective of being there. I had attended the soccer game the night before in Cary, North Carolina. So that involved taking the bus down at 2 p.m., getting there around 8 after stopping to eat and whatnot. And then because the pre, the game before Georgetown, Washington, in Cary, North Carolina, which is where they have the College Cup, if you're not familiar, uh, featured, it featured Clemson and Notre Dame. And that game not only went through overtime and double overtime, but into penalty kicks. So the Georgetown game was delayed. That game ran full. Um, I wasn't back in my house until 5.30 for in, back in D.C. Um, and as you know, the Georgetown game tipped off at noon. So it was a short night for me back at it but the student section was good yeah, it was very solid i'd say definitely the strongest perhaps except dartmouth which is <laughs> an awkward thing to say or a weird thing to say out loud but i mean obviously that had circumstances of everyone coming back from you know their first game since covid but it was solid the energy was great of course the great game helped it out a lot and i mean it was it was kind of everything you asked for in a georgetown syracuse game um the energy from the students were there i really appreciated the towels i'm not sure how they looked on tv Kind of get a chance to see those. Yeah, yeah. I actually had someone uh, snag me one. Yeah, good, good, good. Um, So for anyone who didn't see, the athletic department had towels um, on every chair in the student section. So it was, uh, you know, as our podcast, the yep. website is named. Uh, it was for Big John, and they had um, his name on them. Big white towels and everyone was waving them around, right? Yeah, they, I thought they really made the optics look a lot better. They it was it was they did it because they were dedicating the court for uh, uh, Don Thompson Jr. Um, his name's been on the court all season, and I also believe last season. I, I think it was last COVID season as season well. Too. Yeah, yeah. Even though that that floor, I guess, was in McDonough, but it, the court looks great with the name on it. Um, of course, very classy, long overdue, as Bayheim said. He mentioned he's surprised he hasn't, they, had, they hadn't done it yet. But the towels looked really good on TV. Everyone was kind of waving them around. Uh, definitely kind of gave the student section more of an energy than just kind of seeing bodies jump jump up and down a little bit. So I liked it. I hope they bring back towels, even if they're not formally like towels for John Thompson or Thompson's towels, if you will. Uh, but the, the, yeah, they were, they were pretty solid. Totally solid. Totally solid. And perhaps the only thing that was more solid was the game itself. Yeah. Uh, again, like I said... Uh... I went back and w- watched the game, and I just, I I couldn't believe <laughs> that I wasn't there. So, not to harp on that anymore, but I don't know about you, Bobby, but I was really worried going into this game. Um, Bobby and I and a bunch of the other towel members yes. uh, watched the South Carolina game together uh, the weekend before, and offensively, it was really difficult for our team to get something going. Yep. And going up against the zone... I didn't know what we were going to do because we were going to need some paint penetration. And clearly that's been a bit of a weakness all year. So it was just one of those things where, you know, even coming off that UMBC game, 
Caden Rice shoots the lights out, I was still worried, like, what is our offense going to do? Even if we scored 100 points the game before, you know, obviously, Bayheim's zone, that's what he's known for, but yeah. that's not something a lot of other coaches do. And a young team, I was interested to see what, what was Pat's approach going to be and how are we going to be able to execute? Yeah, it's certainly interesting. It's one of those things where I feel like the Georgetown-Syracuse game is kind of one of those rivalries that's solid enough where it almost feels like it's always an equal equal match. Like everyone's kind of going toe-to-toe. No matter how each of the teams have been throughout the season up to that point, there usually seems to be a little bit of parity. And that kind of uh, rung true for this game as well. Yeah, I was worried. I mean, South Carolina, particularly St. Joe's, I think has still scarred me a little bit. I mean, yeah. <laughs> That one, that one hurt the most, and South Carolina was was a tough one to watch too. But hey, on the other hand, we were at home, and besides Dartmouth, which is like your first game of the season, like they haven't looked bad at home yet, really. I mean, Longwood was okay, so I had some hopes for home, and they seem to have kind of kept that up a little bit, uh, player by player. I don't know if you had heard before the game, Vinny. That Caden Rice went five for what was it, fifteen or something? I believe five for fifteen. Five for fifteen. Do you think we win that game? Um, it's tough to say. It's tough to say. Um, and it, <laughs> watching the game, it might not have felt like he went five for fifteen. Yeah, yeah. I, I believe someone can fact check on me that, me on this, but I believe he he hit his first three in yeah. a row, and then I believe he missed ten straight. Is that actually how? It and then wow. he had two huge ones at the end, two wow. huge buckets. Uh, I mean, but you're right, you know. Caden, when he's on, our offense looks really good, and when he's off, uh, it's, it's 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 usually nice, not a great yeah. sign for us. But you know, five for fifteen, he's shooting thirty three percent. That's not, you know, that's not stellar, but that's pretty good. Um, and you're giving him that high clip. I if you told me just five for fifteen, I probably would have been hesitant to say that we would definitely win that. Game. Yeah, I would have been hesitant too, um, especially because I think Dante only had seven in the game, which is uncharacteristic. I think Dante had, had thirteen points at least. Every game of the season since Dartmouth. And I'm yeah. pretty sure he felt Yeah, Dan- Dante was under double digits, which, yeah, which, which totally was surprising. Wild. And, I mean, that brings us, of course, to the highlight of the night, Amina Muhammad. Um, he Incredible. seems to have picked... He couldn't have picked a better day to kind of have his real true coming out party. Not that he hasn't been stellar all year. But he went off. Um, the zone really allowed him, I thought, to showcase some of his NBA talents, too. Yeah, uh, he was shooting mid range. He was shooting long range. He was driving. He was passing really well, which I know some people were slightly sketched out about before. So, I mean, he seems to have it all going on right now. What do you think about Aminu? Yeah, Aminu, obviously the star. His stat line was crazy, but just watching him play too was yeah. really just electric. Um, and coming in, we were down at ten and at the half, and that comeback was really facilitated. A lot of his slashing and penetrating into the zone yep. not only gave him the ability to make shots and succeed, but also to pass the ball, get other guys involved, and really help Georgetown's offense get back into the flow of the game. And, you know, seeing what he brings to this team is really, really uplifting. I, I mean, he he gets me excited. Yeah, his energy is contagious. I mean, not not only for the players, but the student section. I mean, you already had a guy, Dante, whose energy is pretty contagious himself. He's got kind of a similar kind of quiet, you know, he toughs it out. He's got that energy. I don't know. I, it's hard to put into words. But, I mean, you certainly bring something that I don't feel like I've seen from any of the freshmen yet. Um, I'm thrilled about it. I'm thrilled. And he's getting media attention, which is big, too. Definitely. I saw, I think it was Palm uh, from CBS Sports listed him 
as the player of the, the player of the week or something. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Caden Rice also made uh, Big East Weekly Honor Roll. He did, yes, yes. Um, as well, but yeah, uh, Aminu is definitely catching some eyes. Oh, he's sure. catching lots of eyes. I mean, Dickie, Dickie V said he was his diaper dandy of the week, if you will. <laughs> and he's not, it's not like he's just scoring. He's de- he's defending incredibly well. He had a career high, I guess, five assists on the game, which is very impressive. Two blocks, two steals. Like, he's doing it all at every level. Outside, he made his one only three he took. He's shooting mid-range. He's finishing inside. By the way, that spin move is becoming a patented move of his. Yeah, he's going to have to trademark that. Yeah, it's pretty mean. I don't know how you stop it. No. His his ability to get to the rim is really elite. Yeah. And um, we're going to need a lot more of that. So. Oh, we will. And his rebounding, I think part of the thing, Georgetown, you know, if you're having the conversation, oh, do we go small more? Oh, do we not? And we went small for the Syracuse game, all right. I mean, part of the only reason you're able to do that is because Aminu is rebounding so well. Definitely. He's making up for, I mean, when we had Q or Tim and it was like, oh, you need them to be there for rebounding purposes. Like, they're sucking in all the boards, and they, they do suck in a lot of boards. But Aminu's really, really good on the glass, both offensively and defensively. Yeah, I think the other thing, the only other thing that I think we haven't touched on with Aminu is, I believe, he was hitting pretty much all his free throws. Oh, yeah, I think it was like 8 for 9. Yeah, was, and was, I like, think he's normally closer to like a 60-65% free throw yeah. shooter. So, I mean, again, if, if if he's driving to the lane and he keeps getting fouled, and if he's making a high percentage of his free throws, again, I just think that he's just going to be really, really hard to contain offensively. Yeah, he, it's hard to have a game plan against the guy, especially when you got Rice and Carey, who are pretty high percentage three-point shooters on the outside that you got to look out for, too. I mean, Dante can drive, Dante can dish. And Tyler Beard, we saw our first maybe successful double point guard play since, I mean, I think you could argue the, the McKinjo era. I, yes, I, I don't know about you, Bobby, I absolutely loved it. I think, first of all, it was great to see Tyler Beard in getting some more minutes, yep. just period, yep. but also I think Beard is a really good facilitator, and I think he takes a ton of pressure off of Dante. A ton, yes. I think, I think, obviously, expectations are high for Dante, we need him to be great, but for him, it's, it can be tough, you know, looking to score, looking to pass. Obviously, bringing intensity to the defensive end as yep. well. And Beard can take a little bit more pressure off of him, allow him to get a little bit more rest, and allow him to go out and be that deadly mid-range scorer that we see. And yeah. I think we're that will not be the last we see of a backcourt featuring Beard and Dante. No, and I think it worked really well with the zone, especially because you had two pretty good passers that were kind of spreading Syracuse out a little bit more than they had been. And people have noted, Beard's not, he doesn't score at crazy high volumes. He's very much a quarterback. Like, and he plays something that's, I mean, we all know that Beard got, he got an extra year in high school. He got that grad year. I mean, he was supposed to be playing for Georgetown last year. He's playing this year. He's got that extra year of high school under his belt. He does look a little bit more veteran than most freshmen you see, a little more calm, contained. I mean, all those freshmen seem locked in. Aminu especially, he seems to thrive. Like you said, he went 8 for 9 from the free throw line in the rowdiest game of the season. Like, that, that kid does not get nervous whatsoever. So, no, I'm, I'm thrilled about what we saw from Beard. And, I mean, Kerry did what he had to do tonight. It was a great game. The atmosphere was good. There was a lot of cues, but there was a lot of Georgetown, too. Yes, I will say, I don't want to compliment Syracuse, but I will say their fan section definitely traveled well. There was... yeah. A lot of Syracuse people there. And um, one other player I feel like we got to touch on, Bobby, Colin Holloway. Colin also Holloway, yes. had a really big game. 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, you were talking a little bit before about going small, going big. And I think Holloway's showing you yeah. that we can play small. No, we can't play small. And everybody knew Holloway was good defensively. He's kind of been that long... He covers a lot of ground quick. You know, he, 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 he's guarded well in the past and in, in last year for Georgetown specifically. But this year, and Pickett kind of previewed it a little bit, but he's, he does have that offensive threat around the rim. That is, he's also very tough to guard right there. He gets up quick. He doesn't, you know, dilly-dally around under the, the basket or anything. So, yeah, I, I'm pumped about that as well. Definitely, definitely. And, you know, again, that's that that was the second-half bump we needed. Um Coming in, Amino slashing to the basket more, Holloway yep. coming off the bench, ready to play. And I, you know what, Bobby, there's a lot of times we've seen Georgetown, especially this year, start to mount the comeback. Yes, yes. But they just can't get over that last hump. Yep. And so to see us get there and then maintain that lead in just a dogfight of back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, exactly. back and forth. Yeah. Um. I love it, man. It gets it's it just shows. I think you know where we can be. We can be really competitive still, and I think that showed a lot of grit from this team. And I think this team knows that this isn't this isn't just the one game we're playing Absolutely. for. But yeah, I like. I I think this game could really be used as a building block to continue to gel this team together, and uh, you know. Go on to bigger and better things yeah. as they're getting ready to enter conference. Board. No, it's coming up quick. I saw the, the, I think it was Xavier, one of them has the first. I was like, oh my God, they're already advertising the Big East games. That feels like it came way too fast. But oh, I, I, I'd be remiss not to mention, I thought Ewing coached that game masterfully. I thought he looked, he adjusted very well. Bayheim, we were kind of, Wilson was doing a very good job at the beginning of the game, kind of down low on cues, and they switched their formation to a 4-1, whether it was a 2-3. Uh -huh. I don't claim to be a basketball expert, but you, you, <laughs> you could see the change enough even from a more casual observer. Uh, from a 2-3 to a 4-1, and Ewing went small, and it worked. And he kind of kept making those adjustments. He knew he had to ride with Aminu. Like, once he figured out what worked, he went with it. You saw two point guards for the first time. You saw serious extended small ball for most of the game for the first time. I know people are going to say, oh, or has been with Syracuse, he knows them well. A lot of those adjustments were in-game, and those are coming from the head coach. Like, he deserves credit for that. Credit where credit's due. I mean, Beard did have to play sort of when Dante went down, which was a scary moment. Um, so I understand that might have been out of necessity, but I, I, I certainly believe Ewing deserves credit. And I also really appreciated, I mean, this is something I was going to write an article about, but I don't know if I can anymore, Vinny. <laughs> he, uh, I, was, I always wished Ewing had more of a presence on campus, like that he was kind of in buildings more. You saw him. I've never seen him on campus before. Um, but Ewing, to his credit, after the game, he went over to the student section, right up to the student section, and was hyping them up, kind of high-fiving the people in the front row, which is something we haven't seen a ton of from Ewing, and I hope he continues it in more kind of standard games, if you will. Um, kind of his uh, presence physically with the students, not just on social media, which I do think has stepped up a lot, but... I appreciate that. It's a small gesture, but I think it goes a long way, especially when you're trying to capitalize on a big crowd like the Syracuse Georgetown game. Yeah, that's definitely really cool. Um, to go back to commenting about Ewing's in-game, I definitely yeah. think that's I, I think that's great to highlight. Um, again, a lot of halftime adjustments too. Mm -hmm. When you're talking mm -hmm. about in-game, you know we're down ten at half, and <laughs> normally we don't come back and win that no, game. So I, again, uh, definitely credit to Pat. Totally agree with that. That's super cool that I came over to the student section. I yeah, didn't know it was about cool. that. Um, I've seen him one time on campus. One time. Yeah. It was my freshman year. 
and it was before the first game of the season in my freshman year. And I went up and I said, hey, coach, and I shook his hand, and he he literally just... I, he is so tall. Like, yeah. You know, I, I know you could see that at home, but it, it's different, you know, looking up and you're like, oh, <laughs> it's Patrick Ewing. Totally. So, uh, yeah, he's he's great. He's he's a super nice guy. He was super nice to me. Talked to me for a couple minutes when I saw him. I, I agree. I think it'd be super cool for, for continued engagement with the students. You know, obviously, I know he wants to keep some distance between. Absolutely. Which, yeah, he is that by, by all means. status. <laughs> by all means, I, I totally get that. But, um you know, I think it's good to encourage students to come to the game. And I'm really glad with the Syracuse win, we have something to kind of erase the sour taste. Left absolutely. The game. Yeah. You it, know? it absolutely has that effect, I think. I think you saw enough energy with the Syracuse game. Of course, I mean, frankly, losing the Dartmouth game was a rough one to lose with the student turnout you had at that game. Definitely. That was crazy good student turnout. Yeah. And forces that you're not going to have like going forward. But Syracuse wasn't probably about just as good. They had both sides open. Both sides were pretty full. I mean, the energy is different for a Georgetown-Syracuse game than a Georgetown-Dartmouth game, especially because you had more fans than the rest. I think it was a 13,000-plus yeah. capacity, which I, someone posted is like uh, the lowest since the 90s, but that's still pretty good. I mean, if you're getting 13,000 for a quote-unquote dead rivalry, I think you're in pretty good shape. And All right. Maybe. Yeah, and there's technically a pandemic still going on. Yeah, night, there's so. that going on, too. <laughs> all right. I got this came to light to me today. Bobby Bancroft brought it up. I think I saw another account. It might have been Hoyman Mentality or something tweeted it up. But Georgetown's game against Syracuse. You may think Georgetown-Syracuse is a dead rivalry from a TV perspective, but there's a reason it was on Fox this weekend. Um, Vinny, believe it or not, the Georgetown-Syracuse game raked in over 1 million viewers, which is very, very, very good. I thought I was a little blown away to be honest. Uh yeah, that, that I I did not know that. That is That was uh, the third most. <laughs> that's a lot. It's a lot. And all right, the two games that was behind, Kentucky Notre Dame yep. on ESPN. Yep, which was an upset. I it believe was an upset. Notre Dame won Huge that upset. game. They yeah, on the court, yeah. big upset. It's Kentucky, you're on ESPN. And then and again, this is only like let me look. It's only 90,000 more than Dorsey. Uh-huh. It's not in the grand scheme of things all that different. Arizona, Illinois, another high-profile game on Fox at night. That was that was an evening game. So, understandable. Our game's at noon. That's a very early game. That's an early time slot. You usually don't get heavy eyes on a Saturday at the noon slot. You know what Definitely. I mean? uh, so, I mean, we tallied over 1 million, only one of three games to do it. There were... <laughs> so, it was us. That's more than Villanova, Syracuse, Texas Tech, Tennessee, Missouri, Kansas. What a joke of a rivalry that is. <laughs> UCLA, UConn. I mean, Iowa, Iowa State, Minnesota, Michigan, UConn, West Virginia, and you'll be shocked to learn, Cincinnati, Xavier. So for all those Xavier fans who were talking a little uh, a little crowd, if you will, about how Biggie Shootaround ended up in Georgetown rather than at Xavier, it should be noted, Xavier, Cincinnati, while on FS1, only raked in about a third of the viewers of Georgetown, Syracuse. What was, uh, what was the final score of that game, Bobby? Oh, man. It, it was a little bit of blood. Right? Actually, I don't know what the right? score was. Yeah, I was going to say. I also think that the Georgetown Syracuse game was a way better game. Yeah, it was a way better <laughs> game. It was a way better game. And I do think it's worth noting that a, a Xavier team, which has three wins against top 25 teams, still isn't raking in the viewership 
That yeah, a Georgetown it. team that has a 500 record against a Syracuse <laughs> team that nearly has a 500 record and has lost to Colgate does. So it's, it does say something about the testament to the rivalry. Yeah, I, I, I think anyone who says that's dead hasn't watched any of the games yeah, they're, in a they're while. Because now. I've been here, this is, this is my fourth year, so this, this is my fourth Georgetown-Syracuse game. Yeah. And all of them have been extremely close games. Yeah. You know, I like you were saying earlier about uh, there's there's a certain parity to the rivalry. I think it's just one of those games where uh, <laughs> you never know what's going to happen, but it's going to be good basketball. It is going to be good basketball, and I think you're getting a little bit of new new life breathing breathing new right now with the, the Bayheims kind of like the whole family dynamic. Yeah, you got the Bayheim family dynamic, and then you know you also got Ryan Matumbo coming in. You know, you know, there's there's little shades of yeah, the, there's the, shades of the, the past, future, shades of the past, little history, for the future. So no, it's good stuff. And I thought they did a great job in game, um, making making the game a high quality entertainment. Hoya lights looked much better in the Syracuse atmosphere. I mean, who knows how it'll work for the rest of the kind of quieter games? You got Howard tomorrow as we are recording this on Tuesday. So I I don't I don't know how to look at those, but. Social media stepped up big time. Huge. I mean, it's it's really Definitely. hard to complain about the social media now. It looks very good. Um, I'm pretty happy with how that is. Again, I'd hope for some more on-campus stuff. But um, the Syracuse game, as we know, is kind of just the most recent of our big games. But we got some, you know, heavy stuff in the pipeline coming right up. So, uh, Howard Wednesday, TCU this weekend. How, how are we feeling about that? Saturday, yeah. That's uh, part of the... Big East, Big 12 battle, yep. whatever they're calling that. Um, For all the marbles, too. Yeah, yeah. It's tied up right now. We're I, last I game know. It's, it's kind of cr- crazy. Uh, you know, it's. I do wish if we were playing a Big 12 team, it wasn't TCU, kind of. I wish it was something yeah. a little bit more exciting. But, yeah, um, I'm with you there. I, I actually think it should be a good game. And, um, you know, not to... Not to jump over the Howard game, but that that's normally a game Georgetown Howard handles. Howard should be a great game, too. Yeah, that's normally a game yeah. Georgetown handles their business, though. So I think TCU offers a, an opportunity to get some good competition and maybe continue the current momentum of the team before we head into conference play. So I'm I'm cautiously optimistic, Bobby. How are you feeling about the TCU game? You know, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic, too. I mean, this TCU team, they, they looked a little... Dicey at the beginning of the season. I mean, they'd lost to Santa Clara, but they followed it up with wins against Pepperdine, Oral Roberts, who, as we know, is Max Aismas. He's kind of a baller. Um, and most recently, since December 8th, they've beaten Utah and Texas A&M. Those are quality wins. I mean, this game yeah. goes a long way for our Ken Palm ranking and all that stuff. And I know it's not, you know, it's not the end-all, be-all. It's not our at-large bids, whatever. But I'm feeling cautiously optimistic as well. I mean, it's hard to watch the team that came out against Syracuse and not feel really good about it. Definitely. Especially when you didn't have to lean on your centers a ton. Dante didn't have to put up crazy numbers. Caden Rice went 5-15, which is like probably slightly below the clip you expect him to go at on a typical day. So I'm pretty pumped about it. Looking forward to it. I'll be there. It is unfortunate for those listening. Finals are kind of wrapping up. Students, I mean, of course, leave as their finals end, but they're pretty much all done by the TCU game. Yes, I believe Friday the 17th is the last day of finals. Yeah. Uh, the TCU game will be Saturday the 18th. The 18th. Yeah, so expect low student turnout. I mean, Definitely. people will be going home to their families. Um, but, I mean, hopefully they carried over for everyone else. And Biggie's play is coming up. Biggie's play is coming up. Is uh, Our first game is, is Providence. December twenty first. I, I 21st. think that sounds right. 
Yeah, so it's it is Providence, and it's the Wednesday following TCU. So not a lot of time to sleep before playing a high quality Providence team who's looking really good right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the Big East is no joke. Uh, we're we're gonna have our work cut out for us. Absolutely. In, in, in conference play. Yep. But um, I don't know. I don't know. I you know it's kind of crazy that you know. There's such a difference in conversation about the team after the Syracuse game versus after that Thanksgiving oh, it trip. Is, it's people lose their minds sometimes. I I know I know, and I know those games looked bad, but uh, you know Saturday looked really good. So uh, we'll, we'll see if that's like I said, like a building block. We can use that to kind of change the the narrative we were seeing earlier. But um, yep, definitely. You know, we, we, we just, we, we got to be competitive in conference play. And I think what we're seeing is a team that's still kind of figuring out their identity and also yes. still getting to that place where they want to be. So, so like you said, Providence is, Providence is, is no joke. Definitely. They're looking good. And that's, no, that's going to be, that game is going to be at Providence. Um, Wednesday, the 21st, I believe. 22nd. 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 Yeah. 22nd. Um, so that's. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, Cooley. I feel like. I mean, I I always feel good about Providence ever since we saw the almost nearly double buzzer beater. Yeah, yeah. At home, that may still be the best game that current students or current seniors have seen on campus. Uh, if if you don't remember, it's when when uh, Mac McClung hit the buzzer beater at the end of the game. Or Akinjo, I forget who hit it first. McClung hit the buzzer beater to force overtime. Yes. Akinjo hits another buzzer beater in the first overtime to force double overtime. Yep. At the end of the game, Hoyas win. Crazy. Yeah, Madness. Absolutely crazy and really, really a fun game. So, I mean, Providence, they're, they're, they're looking really good, too. They only have, I think they got a bunch of AP votes this year. They're only, really like, this week, yeah, they're only losses to Virginia. They've beaten Texas Tech, Rhode Island, Vermont, Wisconsin, Northwestern. And may I note, Wisconsin on the road, Northwestern neutral. If you're keeping up with college basketball, you know the Big East is on fire right now. Yeah. Um, every team, DePaul, is is in the conversation for votes now? They popped into some power rankings in the top, like thirty six. It's going to be a the Big East is crazy. The Big East yeah. is actually crazy. It's it's bananas. Uh, so yeah, it's it's it'll be tough for the Hoyas, but um, I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll see. Going to Providence, I I think I'm going to try and make my way over to that game. Yeah, I, I, I'm. I reside in Connecticut, and I'm trying to get a contingent of New England Hoya fans to mm-hmm. show some support out in yeah, Providence. I, I think that'd be a lot of fun, and uh, I don't know, maybe we could see a good win. Yeah, it'd be fun. I mean, have you ever been to the Dunk? I can't say that I have. Okay, okay. I went. I went once. When I was kind of torn colleges. It's 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 pretty cool. It's a solid it's a solid venue. I mean, it's kind of fun how it's downtown and all that. So, yeah, I mean, Providence should be fun. And going on from that, I think. Well, what would you say, Vinny? If you had to put money on it, what do you think the Georgetown Hoyas record is in Big East play? Because I think it's a, it's very tough to guess. I think that's very hard to guess. Yeah. Um, For reference, I'll give you a little kind of... Ken Palm is projecting 9 and 11. Really? I know. It's imp- it's a little okay. higher than I think you expect. I was, I was going to say 500. I was going to say 10 and 10. And that's me trying to not be too optimistic and not too pessimistic. Yeah. And just taking the middle of the road. But I, I thought that might be reaching a little too high. I'm, uh, but I'm very... You're feeling like, Ken Palm with 9 and 11. That, that makes me feel a little bit better about that pick. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you think? 
I mean, I feel like it'll be tough to actually hit that 9-11 clip. Yeah. Um, the reasons I'm optimistic, we are a inexperienced team in a league that has a lot of experience this year. Um, so typically you think that our growth is a little favored here. We also have pretty good depth at every position. I mean, of course, we have some players that you can't risk getting hurt and kind of thing. But you saw it. You lost Tim. You got you got centers behind him. Yeah. Dante got some backups in there. I mean, Holloway's filling in well. You you got guys that are filling in for these these Definitely. guys. So, and all those freshmen who are hungry for minutes and hungry for action. So, you know, I'm I'm feeling pretty good about things. A lot better than I did after the St. Joe's game, which was a, a dark dark place on whole, <laughs> in the whole yes. world. Yes, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, what what do you think the team? Should be shooting for kind of. Do you think like an NIT bid tournament? I mean, but Temple mentioned the tournament. I I while maybe I don't best. think we are looking necessarily tournament worthy. I don't think you say let's aim for an NIT bid. I love saying we're going we're going for the tournament. Yeah, we're going for the tournament. That's the goal. Question is that's it? where we want. You know, I mean, if we're in the NIT and with this team right now, I don't think I'll be upset. But like. Why should we shoot for that? Who, who cares about the NIT? No one cares about the NIT anymore. And, yeah, you know, we, we got to the tournament last year. We want to go back. We're, we're hungry for more. Obviously, that game was not our best basketball. We felt like we didn't play our best then. So we want to go and we want to continue to make sure that Joyce sounds on that national stage. So I I like that being the mindset. Even if, even if that does seem out of reach, I like that being the mindset. And I think that should be the mindset. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it's probably, probably a silly question to ask on my behalf. <laughs> yeah, of course, they're definitely shooting for the tournament. I mean, uh, naturally. And they got some pieces now. You, you, Aminu, uh, all right, Aminu's huge. Aminu does change the game for Georgetown basketball, I think, more than we expected. He's a complete player. He's ready to go. He's And he helps everybody. He lifts everybody else up. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about things. I'm a little... It's tough right now because you kind of had that fun stretch of early basketball. You got Feast Week. You got these this rivalry week. And now you're going to hit that dead zone where there's not students at games. Or yeah. not as many students at games. And ah, I always get worried about what that means. I mean, you never know. Some teams do well. We're a team that won the Big East tournament in, in, empty venue, stands, in yeah. an empty stance. So you never know. But it's a little concerning. So I don't know. We'll see. I'm, I'm excited for what we've got coming on. I'll be honest, it's a lot of, a lot of conflicting emotions right now. I don't, know, I don't know what to think about this team. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, and it's, it's kind of been that kind of year in college basketball, too. It feels like, it really it feels has. like right yes. now, like, like yes. anything can happen. And right. it's been a blast to watch not only Georgetown, um, yeah, college basketball's been but college awesome basketball in general year. has been absolutely crazy. Yeah. The, the AP Top 25 is changing every week. Yeah, like there's, like a, there's a new number one every number ones. Yeah, yeah it's, it's uh, I mean, well. it's great. So. Yeah, it's good for the sport. And the Big East doing well is huge for the conference. I think this Georgetown team, as they're doing now, would be not not near. They wouldn't be nearly as low as they are they are in the Big East right now. Like if this team was playing last year. Yeah, I agree. No, I, I definitely agree that the, the Big East has been extremely strong um, to start this year. And that's even with, you know, UConn's been faltering a little bit, but that's that's been with, with some serious injuries. I mean, these teams are really good, and I think... Let's beat the Bonnies. Bonnies aren't bad. Yeah, no, not at all. Not at all. neutral in the, in the rock, which is weird. Yeah, I know they had a t- tough loss to West Virginia, but um, I, I, think, I think you're going to see a lot of Big East come March. Yeah. Um, and you know what? 
I, that is good for the conference. So I, I like that, even though that's that's dangerous for us. Coming yeah, it's up. dangerous. And I, but uh, it's 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 great to see the Big East, uh, you know, dominate. It's huge. And if I can add one little soapbox, it always drives me nuts with the Big East when they compare the number of bids by conference. Because um, I never think the Big East gets enough credit. If we get six teams into the tournament, which is looking, if not reasonable, then likely, that's more than half the conference. Half of every, all of your teams making the tournament. I mean, I don't know. I, the, the ACC 16 teams, they're not getting nine teams into the tournament. No ever. chance. No That's chance. not happening. You have a Big East with, may I mention, mid-sized schools. We're, we're a conference full of mostly mid-sized schools competing at the basketball stage. It's pretty cool to see. Yeah, yeah. Pound for pound, I don't think the Big East gets as much respect when, you, when you're being compared to those Power 5 school, schools, but it's... Uh, you know, we've been there. So yeah, we've been there. It's good stuff. And then it was it was cool to see us. Georgetown was in there, repping for the Big East last year. That was great to see. And uh, yeah, don't don't count the Big East out. That's that's all I'll say. That's all yeah, I'll say. definitely don't. And I mean, hopefully we can report back with some good news after Howard and TCU. I mean, hey, we win those two. That's what I'm saying. That's, that's what I'm saying. If we, if we that's get the, really if we go, bad. if we get those two, not only is that a good win, uh, good couple of wins, especially against you know. Power five, Big Twelve. Yep. Uh, but that's that's great momentum to go into conference. Oh, play. it'd be general. And I, I think that's also really big for a young team to to have that type of confidence built up. Yeah, so, yeah, that that matters a lot. The confidence I think they got after uh, this this game against Cuse, I think, was massive on its own. And hey, our losses aren't looking so bad. I don't know if you've been keeping track. San Diego State, we knew at the beginning of the season, that's not a bad loss no matter what. You lose no. San Diego State on a neutral court, albeit a neutral court in California. <laughs> it's, yeah, we were on the West Coast. So yeah, that's a tough one to complain about. St. Joe's, I'm not sure if you've checked, you've checked recently, they just beat Temple. Really? It's not a bad win. Temple team, yeah. So hmm. that's a Temple team that's ranked pretty high on Kenpon. They've beaten Penn, us. So, I mean, the St. Joe's loss isn't looking that bad. And Dartmouth, you know, it's the beginning of the year, whatever. We can we can kind of overlook that one. So <laughs> yeah, uh, let's not talk about that. <laughs> yeah, in South Carolina, we know they're not looking bad either. They just took out Florida State. Really? Yes. Th- there's reason to believe that uh, some of those losses might not look so bad at the end of the season than we thought they might. So I'm excited. I'm very excited. I hope student turnout turns stays high. Granted, it's not going to stay high this week because everyone's leaving. But but when I stay high, I mean, once everyone comes back. I, I think when we come back in January, I, yeah, I, I think, think that, you're going to see some good student turnout at these conference games. Yeah, I feel like there's the there's a January 7th against Marquette. That might be a little early on Yeah, a I don't think a ton of people will be back by then. Yeah, the Butler game on Thursday the 13th. No, that's going to be packed. That's going to be the first packed game. That's going to be packed. Yeah, so for all those listening, expect students to really make their return at the Butler game. Um, unfortunately, it does mean there's three home games that there probably won't be a lot of students at. But, I mean, when you're playing ten games, you're missing three. It's just kind of the nature of college basketball. You're playing games over the break. Yeah, it's tough. So. Obviously, not ideal. But um, I think I can pretty much guarantee the students will be pretty rowdy that Thursday game against Butler. Yeah, as, as long as we haven't lost, like, four straight. You pick off one or two of those teams. I, yeah, that game should be rowdy. People will be Even, excited. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just saying nobody's going to have anything to do. Syllabus week. Uh, True, yeah. And a Thursday night game. I think that's going to be a pretty great atmosphere. Yeah, that should be pretty good. People do like the Thursday night game. It's yeah. kind of a treat. Yeah. yeah. So I'm excited, Bobby. I'm excited. I yeah. wasn't super excited about a week ago. No, but Thompson's Tower was in shambles after <laughs> uh, this, this, this South Carolina game we watched together. But 
I think everyone's recovered. Everyone's kind of chilled out a little bit. Remembered that college basketball season is all full of ups and downs. So thank you all for listening. Um, it's been an exciting start to the season for Georgetown Hoops, for better or for worse. So uh, we look forward to being back to you with another episode soon. Voice Axel.